Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, church, good morning. I would like to point out again, this is the last weekend of summer. Thank you so much for being here today. But what that means, and every parent in this room knows, our kids are going back to school on Wednesday. I think God deserves a thank you, Jesus, for that, right? My kids are not in this service, so I can say that. I don't know if I'll get away with it next service. But uh, I'm pumped about this because um, I believe that this is an atmosphere and a place where faith can be born. Okay, and I, and I know, I've sensed it in my spirit, I felt it my, on myself. I, I felt where the enemy is trying to come and bring discouragement and he's trying to bring doubt to me. Why do you think he's trying to bring discouragement and doubt to me? He's trying to do it because there's a time when God wants to pour out huge levels of faith on you. When he wants to pour out huge levels of encouragement on you and the enemy gets scared. So he's like, no, 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 we got to stop that. And he comes with the counter attack and he comes to try to discourage you and I, I I gotta tell you I've been praying for you and I believe that the presence of God is in this room and that you will leave this place today encouraged today so what I want you to do I want you to get with me on this service I want you to grab the person next to you and tell them you are gonna leave encouraged today tell them it Church, I want you to say this like you believe it, because the presence of our sovereign Lord Jesus Christ is in this place. Tell the person next to you today, you are going to leave encouraged today. This is not rhetoric. This is not me getting up here just trying to pump up a crown. We serve the Almighty God. Let's talk to him before we speak about his word today. Heavenly Father... We pray right now as we get into your word that Jesus, we would see you. That, that, that Jesus, you would come in this place in a way where we would understand your plan for us more. We don't, we don't have to understand it all, but we understand your love for us. And that God, you would guide us and you would draw us out. And that you are already doing something great in this place today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. Be with us today, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 21, one of my favorite stories in Scripture, we see that this is what takes place. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers, it says, then one of the synagogue rulers, don't ever be worried that God's going to lose you in the crowd. God knows how to find you. He knows who needs a touch from him. He knows who's seeking him. And in fact, he he knows exactly what you need. He's got every hair on your head accounted for in heaven. And he's wanting to meet with you today. This is a corporate setting, but he wants to meet with you on an individual level. See, he says, then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. As far as needs go, being a father of two daughters, I 
I don't think it gets any more urgent or any more desperate than your daughter on her deathbed at the age of 12. See, there's no need that God can't relate to, no situation that God can't come right into the middle of. There's no situation that's too far gone for our God. See, I say that because I'm a faith guy. I I believe that not only can God do a miracle in your situation, he wants to. Uh, I believe that God didn't just do miracles in the Old Testament and, and in the New Testament and it, it, like stuff we read about historically. I believe it and I see it day after day that your God will still move in your situation. It doesn't matter how deep and how far gone your situation might feel. Oh, and for Jairus, this is, this is a scary situation. A desperate situation. There's few of us in this room that could relate to the type of pain that he's going through at this moment. When he pleads with Jesus, it says he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. See, up until this point in the story, it looks pretty positive, right? It's looking good for Jairus because Jairus has a prayer request and and he goes face to face with Jesus. He gets to meet Jesus and, and he asks Jesus, would you do something in my situation? And the answer is yes. Like, up until this point, it's like Jesus says, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to step into your situation. I'm going to step into the scariest place you've ever been. And I'm going I'm to fix it. That place that feels too far gone, that nothing else is fixing. I'm going to fix it. So at this point, Jairus has got to be excited. Right? Like, it looks like something's going to turn around. It looks like there's going to be change. And I don't know if it's, this has ever happened to you. But at some point... When Jairus and Jesus are walking back to Jairus' house, Jairus' miracle gets interrupted while it's in progress. A woman comes up and and touches Jesus and interrupts. And uh, I wonder, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you've been on the verge of a breakthrough? Like the thing you've been praying about. Like, God, I need help. I need, would you fix this area of my life? Would you heal my marriage? Would you give me wisdom, God? Would you help me in in buying this house? And it's like, as soon as it feels like things are starting to turn around and you start to get hope, it's like, like maybe something could change. Maybe something could be different. Maybe the the doctor's uh, appointment's going to look different and there's going to be a reversal on a diagnosis. Maybe something can happen. And it's like I'm on the verge of a breakthrough in some area of your life. Then, boom, someone else steps in, cuts in line, and it's like your miracle gets cut off. God blesses someone else. It, it can feel that way. It can feel that way when you've been praying, going, God, you got to get my kids back. They're running away from you. And, and you've been praying, God, like, I, I want a house. God, I've been working so hard. And you've been, you've been praying, God, would you, would you help me with my health? And it's like you're praying for these things. And, and then what you see happen is you see God bless someone else. Oh, it, it can be frustrating. It can be scary. It, it, it can be even be a little bit hurtful at times. Like, well, why is it when I'm the one praying for this, I'm the one needing the breakthrough, and God, you step in and you bless them? But for Jairus, right now, he knows Jesus said he'd come with him. Jesus said he would come 
heal my daughter. He blessed me, like, take me to her, so I'm doing it. And now he's waiting, and there's got to be some sort of anticipation, like, come on, we are running out of time. You don't understand. This, This woman, she can wait. Like, can we go right now? But then all of a sudden, Jesus heals this woman. And when he, when, he, when he sees this happen, you know at some point, Jairus must have gotten very excited. Because, wait a minute, if he can heal her, then I know, her, know him as healer. And if he can heal her, then maybe he can heal my daughter too. And, and he starts to get excited. There starts to be a, 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 an anticipation. He starts, to, he starts to think, maybe it is possible. Like, I've had hope that Jesus could do something, that he would do something, but now I'm seeing he's doing it for other people. It's possible. It, it is possible that Jesus could come in and heal my daughter. And I know that, that there are times when we come to church that we start to see God bless other people, and we start to recognize uh, that it's possible. If he did it for them, he could do it for me. It, it's possible I could have a good marriage. It's possible that I could get my health under control. It's possible that I could get my finances under control. It's possible that I could be blessed. It's possible that I'm not too old for God to use me. It's possible that I'm not too young for God to use me. It's like we can get in a situation where we could see God move in other people's lives and we're thinking, it's possible, it's possible. And you start to believe that it's possible. And you come in here and you start to believe that it's possible. He could do something for me, but then you go home. And Jairus' daughter, in just the moment where Jesus was healing this other woman, his situation changed from, my daughter is dying, to my daughter is now dead. I thought God was going to do something for me. See, in the, in the time that Jesus ministered to this woman, Jairus' daughter dies. I mean... Who, by the way, let's pause for a moment. Her situation was not as serious and not as desperate as Jairus' situation. Because, yeah, the Bible, a little bit about this woman, says that she had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. And that nothing could fix it. The doctors couldn't fix it or whatever. So for 12 years, she had an issue. And she went to Jesus and thought, if I could just touch Jesus, then, then Jesus would heal me. And, and, and he did. But... But her situation wasn't life or death. It wasn't as, as desperate as Jairus' situation. Di- Jairus' daughter was only 12 years old. She had only lived 12 years, and, and she was about to die. Have you ever felt like God did something for someone who deserves it less than you do? Oh, man, you can't, you can't shake your head at that. <laughs> man, I, I feel like that all the time. I, I think that way. God, I know they don't pray. I started the year off right. I started with the Daniel fast. I was here at First Revival. I'm trying to put you first. I'm like, I'm taking the classes. I'm giving. I'm serving. It's like, and then God steps in and blesses someone else. And it feels like while God's blessing him that he's just deciding to cancel your miracle that you needed so desperately. Man, we can look at other people and see God's blessings in their lives and we can gain faith from it and say, wow, it's possible. But we very easily can also look at it and go, wow, he chose to bless someone else instead of blessing me. They didn't deserve it. 
Like, like if, if you really think about it and you were to compare what's going on in my life and in your life, that, that I probably should have been first in line. I probably should have been the one who, who, was, who was blessed. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say is right now, you, we're in an atmosphere in this church, in the presence of God right now, where faith can be born. We're in the atmosphere where you can begin to see blessings happen in other people's lives. And we can start to think, you know, it's possible. It's possible that I don't have to deal with this sickness for the rest of my life. It's possible that I don't have to be stuck in the same addiction that I've been stuck in since I was a teenager. It's possible that I can break free. It's possible that I can move out of this. You're in a situation where, where, where faith is here, but, but then in this exact same situation, a lot of times in the middle of faith being born, the Bible says just one chapter early in Mark chapter 4 that every time that God plants a word, that the word is planted, that thorns threaten to choke out that word. So no sooner is the encouragement of God and the end, it's, it's possible and the hope that God wants to birth in your life, no sooner is that planted than the enemy comes with the decision to try to discourage you and cause you to doubt and not receive those very things. So, so it's, it's possible that this is the way that the enemy works. That what you don't know can hurt you, okay? Because if you don't know that the enemy is going to try to discourage you every time the Lord is trying to encourage you, you can get confused and you can start to look at other people's blessings and wonder why are they being blessed instead of me and start to make your focus outward but 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 pick up with me here where we're we're gonna we're gonna skip where the woman cut in line and go back to Jairus' story where where he, he he's now discouraged okay he's now going to let like we got to get this show on the road. We got to get this thing moving. My daughter's, my daughter's sick here, but, but now he finds out here in verse 35. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? I think... If we could be honest with one another today, just for a moment, I, I think if we could get truthful, you would admit to me that in the very same space where faith is being born and, and Jesus is whispering into your life that it's possible, the enemy comes and whispers in the other ear, why bother? Why bother? See, it's too far gone from that. Why bother? It's like... Because God would say, you know, it's possible for you to have a good marriage. It's possible for you to have health. It's possible that you could raise your kids in a way where they follow me. It's possible that you could receive promotion and that you could own your own business and that you could own your own house and that, that you could be the head and not the tail. It's possible. But the same time that God is speaking to you hope and encouragement and speaking, it's possible. The enemy will come and whisper in your other ear, why bother? Why bother? See, I wonder, have you ever heard God tell you it's possible and then left and you get home and you see a situation that doesn't look like what you've been praying about. And the enemy starts to say, why bother? I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten excited about doing something for the kingdom work of God. 
getting excited about moving things forward, getting excited about making changes in my own life, just to get away from an atmosphere where there's hope and an atmosphere where there's encouragement, to start hearing the enemy telling me in my ear, why bother? Why bother? Anything that's worth doing, any, anything that God would encourage you to do, the enemy's gonna, he's gonna try to get you off of that path. I can remember years ago when I first started speaking, the, the discouragement I would go through because I would get so scared and I would get so nervous before any time I had an opportunity to teach, I would literally be sick for days. And, and I, I could remember there would be times when, when it was like God would, would, would show me something in a quiet time or I'd get so excited to teach a group of people about something. I'd start working on the message and then I would get sick and like two, three days into this, I, I would hear the voice. What's going on in my head is the voice was coming out saying, why bother? Someone else can do this. Someone else better than you. Someone else smarter than you. Someone else more qualified than you could do this. Why bother? And I remember the struggle of, of God saying, it's possible. I can bring you to this place. And the enemy saying, but why bother? A lot of you know I had the same opportunity my father had when it came to teaching at an early age. I was given the opportunity to speak at a nursing home. And I was thinking, man, this sounds like a great idea because they are a captive audience, right? Where are they going to go, you know? I'm thinking, this is a great thing, right? I remember I worked on a message for like two months. I had a seven-minute long message. Things were different back then. <laughs> but after two months, I had a seven-minute long message, and I, and I went there, and I was sick, and I was scared. And, 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 I, and I'm hearing the enemy, why bother with this? And, and, and what do they want to hear from a kid anyways that they haven't already heard before in their life? I'm hearing all these things. And I remember I go in there, and the room starts off with eight people. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. We're going to work on this. And, I, and my seven-minute message turned out to only be about five minutes long. But in that five minutes, the room shockingly turned from a room from eight people to seven people to six people to five people because I thought I had a captive audience until I realized they could decide to wheel out of that room if they felt like it. I love that about old people. They're like, I don't want to hear this. They turn around and they wheel off. That's it. And I, re- I remember, though, I went out and I got in the car and, and I, I was so discouraged, and I heard the enemy say, why bother with this? Why bother? It's never going to work out. It's too much work. It's hard. They don't want to hear you. I wonder, is God trying to plant faith and encouragement in some area of your life, and you keep hearing the enemy whisper into your ear, why bother? Maybe there's a reason we should cue up to the fact that he's trying to discourage you off of something. Maybe he's scared of what could happen. I, I, I've I felt it all throughout my life. I mean, I could make a list over and over again where I've heard why bother, discouraging things people said. I mean, all, all sorts of things. But a lot of times, though, the, the enemy will come with bringing discouragement, and you would think it would come from outside. You would think it, that the biggest time the discouragement comes from voices on the outside, but sometimes the biggest insecurity comes from me. Like Snoop used to say, he is I and I am he. The enemy is within me, Right? Yes, I did just quote Snoop Dogg in a sermon. But sometimes we got to recognize that 
that we're looking for discouragement to be on the outside. Well, I just got to avoid these people or those people. I'm not going to check this or check that. But a lot of times the discouragement is a voice that's coming from the inside. Saying, no, no, why bother with this? You're you're not going to make it. No, no. But that's why I love verse 36. I love verse 36. I'm telling you, uh, you might have never heard this verse before, but this is going to be like your screensaver when you go home. This is going to be, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start using this verse as my response to any criticism I get by email anymore. I love this verse. Verse 36 says, ignoring what they said. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That's your verse right there. Jesus' strategy, when the voice of doubt and discouragement comes in, and the people come in and say, why bother him anymore? Why bother? Jesus, he just ignores them. (laughs) Ignoring what they said. Some of you got out of bed today because you need to hear that. You've been listening way too much to what they're saying. In fact, you're, you're the one going after pursuing what they're saying. You're the one getting online and looking up. What did they say? And we see that the strategy that Jesus gives us when the voice of doubt and discouragement comes is ignoring what they said. So they're over here mouthing off, oh, why bother him anymore? It's too far gone. It's not going to work. And Jesus is like, whatever. Right? He's going to be over there. I'm talking to Jairus right now. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told this synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. Man, I love that verse. Love it. Don't be afraid, just believe. I love that. Well, well, I do and I don't. Because if I was Jairus, I don't love that verse because now my daughter is dead. Okay, so I'm in the darkest situation I've ever been in my life. I'm the most discouraged and in the most pain I've ever been in my life. I'm at a place where I can't see a way out of. It's too dark. It hurts too much. And what Jesus says to me is don't be afraid, just believe. That's, that's too simplistic. Uh, are, are, are you telling me in the worst moment of my life I'm just supposed to, to believe? Guys, I know there's people in this room that if we were to pass the microphone around, you could tell your sad stories. But then there are people in this room, if we were to pass the microphone, you would reject it because your situation is so bleak and hurts so much right now, you don't even want people to know your sad story. And, and, and Jesus, his strategy here, and I want to give you the strategy that he gives here, is he's saying when there's a place where God is building faith in your life and he's trying to strengthen you and encourage you and the enemy tries to come with discouragement, he would say, ignoring what they said, don't be afraid, just believe. It's easy sometimes to compare and say, well, yeah, but you don't know because our situations are different. It's easy for you to believe. It's easy for you to get encouraged in this. But your circumstances are different than mine. Man, I've had people tell me that. I actually had people tell me, well, yeah, you just don't get it because I'm not the pastor of a church. Like, yeah, so you're saying your life has limitations because you're not the pastor of a church. But wait, uh, being the pastor of a church comes with its own set of limitations. So why are we comparing limitations when we serve a limitless God? 
Why am I looking at your life and saying there's a reason you should be blessed while I can't? Why are we looking like God is somehow rationing out his blessings and if he blesses you, then I don't have room. He doesn't have enough for me to bless me anymore. You got my blessing. This woman cut in front of me got my blessing. My daughter would be okay right now if it wasn't for this woman who was bleeding. Why are we making comparisons like that when our God is limitless? And we come to church sometimes and we see other people and we were like, why is he blessing them? And God is saying, whoa, don't be afraid. Just believe. See, before we leave today, I want to give you a strategy so that you don't let dead situations in your life kill your faith. The enemy will try to kill other things in your life because ultimately he's after your faith. And you're here today, and hopefully you'll be inspired today and say, you know what? When I leave here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my marriage. I'm going to go to the gym, right? I'm going to change my health. I'm going to change my finances. I'm going I'm to start putting God first. That's what we've been doing this whole year as a church. Since January 1st, we're saying this year, no, God is first. We're, and we decide, I'm, I'm going to do this. Faith is born in this place. But the truth is, when you get home, you will face opposition. And the enemy will start to say to you, why bother? You're too old for this. You're too young for this. It's going to be too much work. It's going to be too long before you see anything come around. I'm telling you, the enemy is going to come and try to bring discouragement to you. You have to be awake to that in this life. And we see Jesus' strategy here. It says, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Man, you have to be selective about who you let in your circle. Don't just let anyone hang out with you. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. And he went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. See, God doesn't see your situation the same way you see your situation. He doesn't see death the same way you see death. He, he doesn't see death. He sees an opportunity for resurrection. He doesn't see defeat. He sees an opportunity for great comeback. It's like in John, or in John chapter 11, we see that Lazarus had to die because everybody knew Jesus was healer, but Jesus had to let Lazarus die so that he could raise him back to life so he could then proclaim to him that he is the resurrection and the life. And sometimes God is going to take you to places where it's scary and you're facing doubt and you're facing discouragement because he wants to reveal to you a new level of who he is so he can bring you to a new level. There are people in this room and you're questioning, why am I going through this and it's not worth it? And maybe God is trying to take you to a place that he's letting you go through some pain and he's letting you go through some hard times. I'm not saying God causes the pain and the hard times, but, but maybe he's taking you to a place so he can show miracles to you on a whole other level. So we stop looking at him as someone we just go and we spend a little time with on a Sunday morning, but we start recognizing him as he is sovereign and he is God. We serve a God who deserves us to recognize that he deserves our trust even in scary moments. You don't have to have it all figured out. Because Jesus shows us, I see the situation differently than you see it. The child is just asleep. And the Bible says, but they laughed at him. wonder, when was the last time someone laughed at your dream? When was the last time someone laughed at your vision? 
Let me ask that to you, over 40, 50, 60 years old. Let me ask you, when was the last time that, that when you spoke the vision that God has given you, someone laughed at you? Because if your vision is not worth laughing at, maybe it's, maybe it's not a vision, maybe it's just a daydream. Because when God speaks something to you, the whole rest of the world goes, ha, not possible. Dude's lost his stinking mind. He's on the crazy train over there. But God's saying it's possible. They're hearing the same voice that that you're hearing when they hear the, but why bother? And it says this, after he put them out. Okay, they laughed at him. I love, Jesus handles things awesome. (laughs) Like, like, he laughs, like, the girl's just asleep. They laugh, he's like, get out. You know, done with that. He keeps just a select group around him. He took the child's father and mothers and disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. And he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Don't you love that you serve a Savior who is so calm and cool and collected that he has the sound mind to fix the girl a sandwich right in the middle of a miracle? you got to understand, God is not scared about what you're scared about. He's not concerned about what you're concerned about. He's not, he's not, he's not losing sleep about what you're losing sleep about. And since our God never sleeps and he never slumbers, maybe you should get some rest. Some of you, you're toiling all night long. You're walking the floor. You're worried about things that our God has under control. He's saying eat a sandwich and take a nap. I wonder in the same place where God is telling you, I want to do a miracle in your life. Are you hearing the enemy say, why bother? I wonder in the same place where you're healing, uh, hearing I, God could heal you. It, or it's time to get your kids to church every week. Or it's time to get yourself to church every week. You're hearing the enemy say, why bother? But I want to tell you before we leave today, this entire book. God's word is full of story after story after story after story of men and women who could have said, why bother? But instead, they ignored the voice of the enemy. uh, Successful people ignore the voice of the enemy. They ignored that voice that said, why bother? And they listened to the voice of God that said, don't be afraid, just believe. And you don't have to understand things fully to just believe in God and to trust him and to obey him. Because Abraham didn't have to believe God. He could have listened to the voice of the enemy that said, why bother when he was a hundred years old? And God said, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a father. So turn on some Marvin Gaye and chase your wife around the house because there's a generation coming behind you. Man, I feel like I should edit this before the next service. Um, Daniel could have said, why bother when they issued an edict and said, you can't pray. But he remembered the voice of God that said, God will honor those who honor him. 
Joseph could have said, why bother when he was in prison? But he remembered the voice of God and said, I'm going to make you a ruler. See, every time God tries to speak encouragement into your life, the enemy tries to come and say, why bother? What I'd like to do to close the service is just ask you to stand to your feet right where you are. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.